The air is hot. Moisture hangs in it, heavy and close, muffling every sound but the screaming dincadas. It somehow makes the odor of alfalfa hay stronger, and Lavinia wrinkles her nose. She is 11 years old and would rather be anywhere else. Instead, she is here, at the track, with a father that always seems to want something from her she does not know how to give. Today he wants her focus, but the sun is bright and beaming, the butterfree are skimming the tips of the grass, and she is bursting with energy she has no place to aim. She skips and sings around the knees of the business associates her father has gathered there on the center green, and when she trills a straining high sea, he finally snaps. Lavinia! The knowledge that she has made him angry weighs like lead in her stomach, bleeds into her feet, and turns her still as stone. She waits like a prey animal, unsure of its safety. His tone softens, though his eyes do not. Uh, Livy, honey, do Daddy a favor and go see what needs to be supervised down at the stables, will you? Four other pairs of eyes are on her now, some droopy and ancient, some pinched and suspicious, all empty in a way her child's mind can't put to words. The need to escape them is so great she does not protest. She runs the second she is out of sight. Familiar faces greet her at the stables, tipping their hats to her with guarded expressions. It never matters how close to them she stands. She can always feel the distance, though she doesn't understand why. Doesn't know how to understand. She can only do as she is taught. So she spreads her feet apart, small fists on her hips, and begins to give instruction. A tyrant in a pinafore, her hair in a bow. From the far end of the stables, the sound of soft laughter. She is startled, but it is only a boy, not much older than herself, with a round, pleasant face and simple clothes. He is mucking a stall and grinning to himself. She knows for some reason he is laughing at her. What? What's funny, you? The boy stops laughing, but his smile remains. (laughs) Nothing, honestly. The scrape of his shovel resumes. Back straight, she crosses the stable, unaware of the silence around her, that the work has ceased as her father's men watch. Obviously it's something. Spit it out. The boy stands straight, looking down at her. He's both a little older and a good deal taller than she. She can see that now that she's close. He glances past her at the silent men watching them. Then, leaning in as though he is telling her a secret, he says, Well... You know you don't have to yell at them to get them to help out, right? The statement is so unexpected she cannot react. Her cheeks tickle beneath her lashes again and again. What? Yeah, you can just... ask. The smile that spreads across the boy's face is one of encouragement rather than censure. Lavinia considers being offended anyway. But he does not wait for her reply, merely returns to his work with a merry whistle. She can feel her brows pressed down over her eyes as she shovels her way back. The men stand there, staring at her, until she finally looks up at them again. They can all see how hard she's thinking. Never mind him, she says quietly, casting her eyes to her favorite rabbit ashes hooves, obsidian stones licked in low red flames. She takes a deep breath, and in a voice that steps lightly, like uncertain feet on unfamiliar ground, she asks... Can someone check that her hooves are in shape? A pause. Please? It is the full length of an exhale before anyone moves, and it's a tall young man that does it, tipping his cap to the little girl before him. It'd be my pleasure, he says, and his face is open and smiling. She smiles back. She can't help it. Black ringlets fanning out, she spins to look back at the boy with the shovel. He nods his approval, grinning and giving a cheerful thumbs up. She mirrors the gesture, unsure of what it means. My name's Lavinia, she calls to him. What's yours? Atticus. He answers her. Atticus Marigold. It's pleased to meet you. Weeks pass. Lavinia is dragged to the track again and again. 
whatever lesson her father wishes her to learn isn't taking root, and it's clear he's losing patience. It makes her angry with herself, and her long-suffering butler, Emmett, is left to put out the fire once again. Would Miss care to play hide-and-seek? No, she says immediately. You always take forever to find me. Ah, then perhaps a game of go fish. God, you're so boring, Emmett. Uh, Very good, miss. I'm going to go play by myself, she says, and begins to walk away. Emmett does not stop her, grateful for her absence, and she finds her way into the stables, down the long corridor of stalls. There at the end is Atticus. Part of her is reluctant to talk to him. She knows how people generally feel about her. She doesn't know the words, but she keeps the knowledge in her heart. He looks up at her, perhaps a bit surprised. For what might be the first time in her life, she doesn't know what to say. Still, without speaking, he looks at her, expectant. I I don't suppose you know any games for one. She tries to say it with confidence, but in this moment she doesn't have much. Atticus stops eating mid-bite. Swallowing slowly, he asks, Are you serious? Yes, why would I be joking? I'm bored out here. Games for one. That's literally the saddest thing I've ever heard. Lavinia crosses her arms, a little embarrassed now. Well, if you don't know any, that's all you had to say. Atticus takes the other uneaten half of his sandwich and offers it to Lavinia. Do you want something to eat? What is that? She asks, wrinkling her nose. It's a butter sandwich. I know it doesn't seem like much, but it gets you through the day. And Oh, today my mom added a little sugar. It's great. Must have been a good month for us. Hesitantly, she takes it and takes a bite. And despite all of the disparate pieces that, by all rights, should taste horrendous, it's wonderful. All her self-control could not hide the slight smile that crosses her face while she eats next to Atticus. They eat in silence, watching the traffic of workers pass by, preparing for the race. They don't say anything, and they don't need to. It's a nice quiet, something Lavinia doesn't experience often. Well... Atticus says suddenly, haphazardly wiping his hands on his dirty shirt. Want to go jump off the rafters into the hay piles? Wait, like, into the food? For the rabbit ash that they eat? Yeah, they don't mind. And it's really fun. And I promise you probably won't get hurt. She considers for only a moment. Yeah, all right. Bet you can't do a backflip into the pile. A backflip? Oh, you're on. It's late summer now. We see the two in the fields that surround the racetrack, the sun smiling down on the world as a light breeze kisses the stalks of tall grass. Lavinia is kneeling in a patch of clover and buttercups, a worn pocket knife in one hand, cutting the stalks in uniform lengths. When they're free of their roots, she tosses them in the basket that hangs over Atticus's arm, already full to bursting with colorful wildflowers. With the toss of a flower into the basket, she finishes the thought she'd begun moments before. And he's just mad that your horses keep winning when ours don't. It's honestly kind of funny seeing him get that lathered about it, she says with a giggle. She stands up, folding the knife and handing it back to Atticus. Thanks, she says. Did you get all that flower gunk on it again? Yes, and you can clean it off again. Come on. They turn back toward the stables, walking slowly, Lavinia's hands working deftly, reaching into the basket and returning to her work, twisting the stems into a crown. As the duo rounds the corner of the stables, she asks, Atticus, how do your rabbit ash end up winning more? Atticus sets the basket of flowers on a bench, takes one out, and feeds it to Sunflower, Lavinia's favorite rabbit ash. I, I don't know. We just treat them like us, I guess. That's something you could do a little better, honestly. What do you mean? They have all their needs met. We give them the best of everything. They're practically royalty. Atticus smirks. You yelled at Emmett earlier because your cucumber sandwich wasn't cold enough. But look here. He points to Sunflower's water trough. This water is from yesterday morning. Also, Rapidash really like the sun and open air. 
He opens the window in the back of the stall. There. You know, it might not seem like a big deal, but, you know, it's, it's the little things that make the difference. She feels the crown being pulled from her hands, and Atticus takes it, moving towards Sunflower, lifting the crown as though to place it on her head. Careful! That'll burn up! I just made it! He stops and turns to her. When's the last time you took Sunflower for a ride? What do you mean? You can't ride rapid as you'll get burned. Atticus smiles that smirk, a familiar quirk to his lips that means he's about to prove her wrong. Slowly, Atticus approaches Sunflower, his hand extended out below her head. Lavinia's never seen him move so slowly, so purposefully. And then he stops, inches from Sunflower's head, and after a few moments, tense moments, Sunflower moves forward, putting her head in Atticus's hand. He smiles, shushing and cooing to Sunflower. Not if they truly trust you, Liv. And places the crown on her fiery mane, unharmed. The summer plunged ahead, and they spent as much of it in each other's company as they could, running through the fields, laughing, cheering on the rapid ash as they raced by on the tracks, swimming in the creek, jumping into hay bales, Atticus making her laugh to forget his skinned knee, singing off-key while he plays an old, beaten-up guitar. We should totally start a band and quiet moments, eating together or grooming the rapid ash, just enjoying each other's company. A summer spent together. Autumn is in the breeze, crisp and sharp like a razor leaf's edge. Lavinia is 12 today, and her excitement is electric. The invitations her father had printed went out weeks ago, but she made Atticus one by hand. She knows he will be here today for her party. She knows many other people will be here too, but she doesn't spare them much thought. When she sees him arrive with the little box wrapped in simple paper in his hands, his father keeping pace behind him, she is almost too happy to speak. Hi, Atticus, she says breathlessly. Hi, Mr. Marigold. Welcome to Hollybrook. She holds out her hand as she looks up into Mr. Marigold's face. The smile he gives her is small and tight, and the handshake he indulges her with is over as quickly as it starts. Happy birthday, Liv! Atticus says. I got this for you. I, I hope you like it. There's a table full of gifts, but Lavinia doesn't direct him there. Instead, she takes the little box reverently in her hands, pressing it to her chest, her smile growing. I love it she says, meaning it already. She slips it into her dress pocket for later and drags him away from his father, eager to show him the buffet of sumptuous treats her own father has arranged. Who invited the help? A snide voice says somewhere to their right. Lavinia's head snaps toward the voice, eyes scanning for the offending guest. It is Honoria West, the rat-faced eldest daughter of her father's lawyer. She's 13 and insufferable, and she hates that her father invited her. And now, Lavinia is so angry, she is paralyzed. Her clenched fists tremble as she stares. Watch out, Honoria, Lavinia warns, her voice nearly quaking with rage. If my father ever fires yours, you won't even be that. The laughter quiets into giggles. Nervous eyes cut from Lavinia to Honoria and back. I think my father knows how to stay valuable, Honoria nearly growls, her expression shifting from rodent-like to predatory in a second, especially to Caledon St. Cloud. No one is laughing anymore. Lavinia barely understands what she could possibly mean, but they are both finished now, and they spin away from each other, Honoria to her cronies, and Lavinia to... no one... Atticus is gone. Lavinia's joy catches on a thorn of dread. She dives into the crowd, searching for her friend, but cannot see him. She sees adults everywhere, some she recognizes, but most she doesn't. She sees Mr. Marigold being led away into the library by her own father, his meaty hand on Mr. Marigold's shoulder. She sees the Pokemon in the petting zoo, 
her mountain of gifts of four-tiered velvet cake with cream cheese frosting, her favorite, but no sign of Atticus. After what she is sure is forever, she spots him in the West Garden, sitting at the edge of a pond. He fiddles with a stack of pebbles. I'm sorry, Atticus, I didn't invite her. The words are a rush, but he has to know she isn't like Honoria. If it had been up to her, none of them would be here at all. He answers her with a sigh and tosses a tiny stone into the water. You know what I love about a pond? She steps up beside him and settles down on the ground. You can catch Pollywagon them? <laughs> well, yeah, but it's mostly even the tiniest, most insignificant pebble can make a visible difference. It doesn't feel right to speak after something like that. Lavinia only looks at him, listening, her chin resting on her knees. I don't get it, Liv. Why does money make people think they're better than everyone? It doesn't. It is an indignant response, knee-jerk. Yes, it does. And why? You end up relying on others for everything and still think you're on top. Blood is pounding in her ears. She wants to ask him if he thinks of her that way, but she is so desperately frightened of his answer that she can't bring herself to speak. You know, it, it could all go away tomorrow, Liv. Maybe someone comes and takes your farm and burns it to the ground, and, and then what do you have left? You. You are what's left, the real you. And what's that really worth when the mask of money is gone? Will you like what you see in the mirror when it's cracked? When he finally turns to look at her, her face is streaked with tears. I don't know, she says helplessly. I know, Liv. I've seen it. I've seen it. You're a good person. And I, I'm not... Sorry, I'm not yelling at you. It's, don't let them change who you are. Okay? It's... Why... Why are you out here by me instead of in there enjoying the party? I mean, it's all for you. I guess I wanted someone to ruin it for me. She's being petulant. Atticus scoffs. <laughs> if there's one thing I know about you, Lavinia St. Cloud, it's that you never turn away from the center of attention. Oh, don't I? She digs in her pocket to pull out a small, sloppily wrapped spherical parcel. Triumphantly, she puts it in his hands. Tell that to a girl that gives someone else a present on her birthday. What's this? I... I may be a lowly farm boy, but I don't think this is how birthdays work. You don't tell me how birthdays work. It's my birthday. Open your present. And here, to show I'm a good sport, I'll open mine too. When the paper is ripped away, what is left in their hands are things of beauty. In Lavinia's rests a small pocket knife. The handle is polished wood, new and bright, though when she unfolds the blade, she recognizes its notches and stains. This was his, the one she borrowed so many times and caked with the milky blood of wildflowers, but made new, made hers. And in his hands, seeming to hold it so delicately that he must fear it will shatter, is a pokeball, crossed with a dozen golden lines in geometric arrangements, the red top glittering like ruby, the white bottom shifting in the light like pearl. When he doesn't speak, Lavinia gets nervous. I know it's weird to give other people stuff on your birthday, she says, but I just... He hugs her, and the embrace is warm and long. It's a hug of friendship. It seems like forever, and then they separate, and Atticus is about to say something when suddenly we hear Rodney Marigold, Atticus's dad, yelling from the house. Well, happy birthday, Liv. I, I guess it's time to go. I'll see you at the next race. Just then, Rodney walks up and he says, No, we won't be associating with these people anymore. His voice just dripping with venom, and he grabs Atticus by the shoulders and starts walking away, leaving the house. As Atticus's protests fade, 
Lavinia feels her dad's hand on her shoulder as she watches him go. Worry not, Livy. A, a slight tarnish on our character, but now we can move on. Let's head inside to your real friends. So that happened. I love it. Hot diggity dog. (laughs) First, I'm sorry to have held you all hostage for 20 minutes Um, while that happens, but you're allowed to do that as many times as you want. Yeah, that pocket knife. Oh, I know, right? Fuck. Gosh, in the way that you described, like the way that it cuts the wildflower. (laughs) (laughs) I pretty much gushed every time you described anything. Yeah, dings in the chat. <laughs> like, for wow, all Yay. these words are nice. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Adam helped. <laughs> that, like, I I saw that as its own Pokemon episode. <laughs> its own yeah. thing. Just a whole flashback episode where everybody gets feelings. How many flashbacks can we cram in an episode? I don't know. See, that's, that's my concern. Because, <laughs> yeah. like,. We can start an infinite loop. <laughs> I just don't um, want it to like take up the whole thing, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, no, well I think that after this, it's going to pan up. Look at Livy's dad. Music high. <laughs> <laughs> washes in. He's 10 years old. He's going through his journey. <laughs> we'll it's- get back to where we're the, the rest of the induction tournament in about 15 episodes. We got a lot to get to. This was my this yeah, was my are. episode of Lost, I guess, is where it's the, the flashback <laughs> yeah. noise happened, and then you zoom in on Lavinia's eye, and then this happens. Yeah, the eye opens up. Mm-hmm. Somewhere we panned Estella's grandparents. <laughs> Our dogs and no one knows why. <laughs> yeah. And then Gra- Grandma Maya is also 10 all of a sudden. We're even further back now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. learning to shoot. <laughs> Shooting skeet, right? Now, yeah. yeah, when her eyes open up, it's really big and then it kind of zooms in like you go through the scope of a sniper rifle <laughs> and you see that she's in a covert mission. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, All right. So now that that's so, on the uh, table. <laughs> yeah, that's on the table. Um, Lavinia, you are just struck with these memories flooding back to you after having heard this name, a name you haven't heard in years, years. Mm -hmm. And Grayson Dogwood is looking down at Abby cuddled up and wrapped up in Mint's coat in his his robe with this perplexed look on his face. And he says, why do you have Abby? What's go- what's going on here? And yeah, Lavinia is. I think she can't even speak. She just looks from Grayson to Mint, and is just waiting for Mint to say something because she just can't. She can't. <laughs> Why is everyone holding their breath? I noticed everyone stopped. Oh God, I was, breathing. wasn't I? Oh. <gasps> yeah. So that's his name. Yeah, Atticus. Yes, Atticus Marigold. Yes. Oh Jesus, God! Yes. <laughs> Lavinia just she's visibly losing it. She's just she just starts pacing. <laughs> Lavinia, uh, you all right? Yeah. Ah, uh, that's yes. That I'm just very surprised. You said Atticus Marigold. Yes, uh, that is his Abby. Uh, uh, Abby, and he kind of Grayson goes in and like you know rubs her cheek and she stirs and mint. To your surprise, Abby moves the most she's probably ever moved as she (sighs) looks up at Grayson and does that thing where, like, 
Have you ever seen an animal in a wrapping and they're trying to get out and they're just like, you know, kind of fumbling yeah. over themselves and reaching out? That's Abby. She's never like given this much energy to moving at all. And she's like trying to get out and like her hands are outstretched in front of her, her fingers opening and closing that like, kind of like, come here, come here kind of motion. Yeah, and Lynn's Grayson, getting a wide smile on his face and he reaches for this quick lock and po- pops it and it undoes <laughs> a knot so that she has more, it basically opens it up for her. Yeah, and she, uh, Grayson kind of puts his arms out and she falls into Grayson's arms and just like, Abby just gives Grayson this big hug. Oh and Grayson's kind of like, oh, Abby, are you Okay. And he looks back at you, Mint, and how how did this happen? What's tell tell me everything? And if you want to explain it, or we can star wipe. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's up to you how you want to go. Back. Another <laughs> flashback. <laughs> Replay <laughs> episode one. <laughs> well, before I explain to you what happened, there's something else I have to tell you about. And Mint looks up and off into the distance. So that's why I've got to know, what is his address? Where is he? (laughs) And Grayson is just kind of holding Abby. She's up on his shoulders now, kind of crawling around, and her hands are on his head. And she's just like patting her fingers, just like almost drumming on his head. Um, And Grayson is just, uh, uh, just, uh, um, wow, that's a lot. Uh. Where is he now? I don't know. Uh, uh, sorry, I need a minute. And he takes a drink and just, just slams it, basically. Lavinia uh, puts, how, puts how, another how, one immediately in his hand. Like, just whatever you need. I'm, I'm here. Just tell me. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, and Grayson looks over at, at Stella. And um, <laughs> Stella, it's almost like he's looking for a little bit of support here. I think Stella's like squeezing his arm because she's concerned and worried and, you know, she she would definitely offer the support, but she's also very small. <laughs> so she's probably giving him like a reassuring squeeze and like her other hand is sort of just like patting his arm a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she she looks concerned for Liv as well. Yeah, Lavinia, what are what have you been doing during Mint's um, recap? I think she literally, she brought like a hand to her mouth and she just kind of didn't think to move it. So she's just been standing there with a hand just like over her mouth, just like staring intently at whoever is talking like a tennis match. Her eyes are moving. And she's just, prob- she's very still, but like also she's tapping one foot very fast. <laughs> get, get to the boy. Uh. <laughs> Will, um... I don't know where he is now. Uh, you see, I met Atticus about five years ago, about. Uh, he was with some, well, he was at the tournament, the induction tournament in Saffron, actually, if I believe. And he participated, and it was him, and it was, he was two, two friends, Sandoran and Wesley. Uh, actually, Lavinia, you have Wesley's Venusaur. I told you about him. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, he's an, I haven't seen Atticus in, in some time. I, I'm sorry, Mint. I don't have an address. Uh, do you have an address for the Venusaur guy? Uh, yes, yes. That I can help you with. Uh, he might know. Uh, I do know they, they kept in contact. I don't know where they went. We had some adventures. It was, it was very exciting. Uh, but uh, it, we went our separate ways and went on our own adventure. It's, this is, she was hurt. You said Mint, right? She just appeared and she was hurt. Yeah. Hmm. That's very concerning. I, I, I think maybe that that would be the best bet. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't help you hmm. uh, any further than that. I can give you, can give you Wesley's address, and maybe he can help. Yeah. Here, I have some paper, uh, and I think I might have a pencil too. Um, yeah. Yeah, here you go. Could you write that down? Thank you. 
Yeah, and he uh, he pulls out his iPhone and goes to his contacts. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, airdrops it. Airdrops it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he scribbles down an address and hands it off God, to God, Atticus, turn on your location. Fuck. God. God yeah. damn it. Yes, well, uh, yeah, let's, whew, <laughs> that's a lot. Does anyone want to dance? <laughs> uh, actually, I think I would like to sit down for a moment. Uh, and she just starts absently sort of walking toward the nearest chair. Yeah, I kind of imagine maybe we cut scene to like a table where everyone is sort of sit- seated at maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Poor Grace is like, oh, this is awkward. That... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you you find you obviously find somewhere to sit and you sit down and and we still have uh, Mary Ann is still there and she's just been just kind of listening, uh, not unable mm-hmm. to add anything to the conversation. And Professor Hazel is there as well, and she <laughs> she's kind of drunk and she's just kind of got like her eyes are a little droopy and you know and she's kind of got like a small smirk on her face and she's she's <laughs> like. <laughs> Leaning left and right, but like when the sad stuff happened, she'd be like, "Oh no!" Oh, mm. I love her. But then her eyes would kind of close, you know, yeah. and then she'd kind of go back to just like a like just a set smile on her face. <laughs> it's really going <laughs> it's funny. She's having a great time. Yeah, she's having a great time. Love that for her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lavinia would just find some water and just sip it, <laughs> and she would, after a second, look at Grayson. And say, Grayson, in your opinion, if he was separated from this little, this little Abra, what does that mean? Go ahead and make a perception check. Okay. Uh, that is a 14. 14. All right. I'm going to roll against... Against that, dang! I think I need new DM dice because these do roll really low. Mm. <laughs> oh no! You ask that of Grayson, and he he tries to hide it, but you catch it. Mm. He looks off in the distance just for a moment, and I think it's so purposeful that you you catch it, mm-hmm. and you see that he casts a glance up at. Governor Red and his accomplices. Oh, shit. And he looks back and goes, Well, <laughs> I, I do know this. Uh, Atticus loved his Pokemon dearly, and Abby, more than ever, I, if she was hurt and not with Atticus, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't think it's good. She just kind of nods and looks kind of in the same direction where he cast his glance to Governor Red. And rather than look away, she just keeps staring in his direction. And she says, yeah, I thought you'd say that. If Stella sees his glance, she's very quiet and just taking in the entire conversation and not saying a single word. Why don't you go ahead and roll perception, Stella? Okay. I didn't even have my dice out. Mint, I think during this conversation, uh, Abby has actually made her way back to you and just like, it's like a kangaroo going into a pouch, head first, her butt's up in the air and like her feet are kicking, trying to get wrapped back up in that little baby Bjorn. I got a 23. 23, okay. Yeah, I rolled a 17 and I have a plus six. Damn. Um, okay, with, with a 23... Stella, you you see Governor Red, and you see his assistant there, and you see a couple other of the Secret Service is kind of the best way to describe them. Um, you noticed before that they, when you went up to meet with Grayson, that they all have that RR insignia on their lapels. God, it's so tacky. You see that Governor Red is just shaking hands. He's being boisterous and loud. Uh, talking about how great everything is. And then you notice that his assistant, Spencer, kind of turns away and he starts talking to someone. Two people, actually. And you notice that it is those two Red Rocket goons. 
taller and lanky, and the other one's shorter and a little bigger. And they are looking around, and Spencer leans in, and he gets a very stern look, and he points at both of them, and he very, very subtly points to the side of the wall. And all three look, and you see a door. What? The other two goons nod, and they start blending into the crowd towards that wall, towards that door. Now, what the hell are they up to? I would say only Stella saw this. Fair enough. (laughs) I think... Um, don't look, but I noticed the two, um, Red Rocket goons that were in the contest. Did, did they look at us? No. Okay. It seemed like they had a conversation with, with Spencer. Yeah. We're given maybe a direction. Okay, um, I I saw them converse and point to that door over there, and then they walked into the crowd. What do you suppose that could mean? I'm not sure. Maybe they're talking about where the best drinks are. Hmm. I think she just looks at Mint a little confused with a cocked eyebrow. (laughs) And Marianne kind of peeks up and goes, well, that's where, huh. Hmm. That's where? That would be where the, no. (laughs) Well, no. I I, I don't want to get involved in a drama. I'm just. Oh, no, that's not you. Actually, you do. (laughs) And you want to tell me. I know you do. I know you're fighting the urge already. Spill it. No, come on, man. You don't want to. Come on, Marianne. Oh, you're dying to tell me. She's smiling. Just get it out. No, I'm not. Come on. Let's not do this dance, okay? Okay. Yeah, I mean. Just come on. Okay, 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 okay. I'll I'll, I'll tell. Okay, I'll tell. You can't. Here's the thing. You can't hear it from me. We we didn't. Hazel, you're not going to say anything? Hazel, you're not going to say? And Hazel just like. Lavinia <laughs> just, just like, stands behind her and puts her hands over her ears. She's like, I'll earmuff her. It's fine. Go. I don't think she's going to remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, I understand what you got going on here, man. And, and your friends, it's like, it's pretty serious. It sounded like, uh, you know, people don't abandon their Pokemon, especially, you know, this Atticus sounds like just such a cool dude. You know, he just sounds so awesome. <laughs> just sounds like just the best just so handsome and witty the best jokes could you just please do the right thing and tell us please (laughs) I'm not done talking about how great Atticus is can I finish just kidding Um, listen I I don't I don't know what it means but I mean that that doorway I mean you follow the corridors that's where the grand prize is held Oh, those slimy, we, they're going for it. We have to try to keep them away. They're criminals. It's what they do. Adam, I I might be misremembering. Did Governor Red say something about donating something at his? You are not misremembering. Mm. Okay. Good job, Cameron. Yeah. You get a good boy point. (laughs) Good boy point. Point of inspiration for remembering that. Hey, look at that. Good boy point. Can we, just, G- can we please B- call them good boy P- points forever? Yeah. GBPs? <laughs> hey, does anybody good have any point. GBPs? That, um, <laughs> this is a really important role. Should we GBP it or should we wait? I'm literally writing the letters GBP on my G- character <laughs> sheet Yep. <laughs> for when I ever get it, whenever I'm the good boy. <laughs> I have to credit that to my DM for Strange Aeons, because Alex calls all of our inspirations it. good boy points. Yes. There <laughs> well, we go. I love it a lot. Um, I don't think they're going for it. I think they've got something in there, but what's the prize? And what do they want to keep from it what's the point 
Well, didn't they say the prize was starter Pokemon? Am I misremembering that? <laughs> so the prize, just, just, uh, it's been a while. So, um, yeah, it has. There's a, there's a money prize, mm-hmm. uh, for the f- person that wins. And then there's a starter Pokemon prize. And there was a, an item that was donated by the sponsor. And the sponsor of this tournament is Governor Red. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that item. And is it like you, you win and you pick one, or is it you get all three? Oh, uh, you would get all three, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember if I said it different, um, um, but I guess I'll say it now. Like, the grand prize, the person who wins uh, gets, you know, the poke, the, the grand prize, the mysterious item, and a starter Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marianne, look. Yeah. I know you want to tell me what's the third prize. Oh, man. I, I'm i going to be real honest with you, and this is me. I'm bearing my heart on my sleeves right now to you, man. Okay? Mm-hmm. No games. No, no tiptoeing around. None of that back and forth banter that we love to do for hours on end. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I truly do not know. It's just weird to me that if they're going in there, but they donated it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what and it that's is. That's what I'm struggling with. If he donated it, then why is he acting so shady about it? I can't fathom that. I can't think of a reason. But what I can think of a reason, you don't know what it is, Marianne. And I know you want to know. And you <laughs> know I want to know, too. So what if we just go take a peek? Just a quick little peek. See what it is. You want me to go? No, I, I I want me to go. I want us to go. And he's gesturing to Stella, Lavinia, and potentially Marianne. Yeah, just kind of, you all want to go see what it is? Like, I don't think that Mint thinks that it's weird that they went to go because it's like they could be setting something up. They could be working on something. It's... But in his mind, he wants to know what it is, and he can't help it. He wants to know what this, what is the prize? What am I playing for? Why is this a mystery? I need to know what it is so that I know exactly where to set how much effort I'm going to put into getting this thing. <laughs> if he doesn't like it, maybe there won't be as much effort. So that's his pitch to all of you. What do you say? He's like, would any of you like to participate in this cost-benefit analysis with me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is what he's asking. Um, I mean, Stella, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Lavinia's She probably has a rather desperate look on her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lavinia certainly does for different reasons, but it's on there. So I'm thinking we just start dancing. And then we dance our way in that direction. And hmm. we just keep dancing and dancing. Until we're back in the corner at the wall and we slip through the door. Okay. And we we just go check it out. Sure. Let's try it. Probably just also, like, walk, like, you know, just around the room if you wanted. (laughs) Or... (laughs) What is Grayson thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Like, he's sitting there and we've suddenly turned into, like, a plotting... (laughs) Yeah, we're, like, planning a heist now. Or to foil one? We don't know. We're we're just flying by the seat of our pants here. Yeah. <laughs> Stella saw something super fishy and she voiced it and now we all want to go. <laughs> we're like, let's find out. I think Grayson is just listening and roll insight on Grayson. <gasps> 16. It. Are we all doing it? 16? <sighs> yeah, you all can. Okay. Oh, I got it. I, I got a 12. So my first roll's a 14. Are you going to use your vibe check or whatever? Yeah, I get advantage. Hey. Once per long rest. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I got a 22. Jeez. Dang. Nice. Um, Lavinia, you, you're kind of looking around the group like, you know, kind of like, what are we doing, right? Are we going? Are we, you know? Mm-hmm. 
um, <clears throat> Mint, you're you're looking and you see Marianne is like, I don't know, like I'm I'm like the gym leader. I can't just you know be causing trouble. Uh, Professor Hazel's just she's drunk. <laughs> she's just like swaying. <laughs> she start she started dancing in her spot a little bit, like just kind of swaying her hips a little bit. <laughs> I heard dance. <laughs> um, and you look at at Grayson and he's just been just. He's sitting at the table. His hands are just uh, entwined on him on the top, just like setting on top of the table, and his thumbs are kind of fidgeting a lot. Like it looks a little, a little nervous. And and Stella, you kind of pick up that, like, it's almost like he's not sure if he should say anything, but, but he's just really struggling with it. So Stella would look at him and again, place her hands gently on his arm and just, um, Grayson, what's wrong? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I kind of no, got a little not. Northern dare. Hey, <laughs> Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, Atticus, he, um, again, we, we, we met at the tournament, uh, and he had a run in with with red rocket and he didn't like them very much at all and what do, i what do you mean he had a run in well you see is this where we star wipe into a flashback scene <laughs> no <laughs> it's a flashback and to play. campaign one yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> we just play that audio yep <laughs> And I think he actually proceeds to tell you actually just that, just what happened back then and, and how actually Red Rocket had interrupted the tournament and they kind of strong-armed the the current governors of the Johto and Kanto region. Uh, Atticus and his friends, Wesley and Sandoran, they, they fought off, off the Red Rockets and there was a moment, a extremely tense moment, where Atticus pulled a gun on Spencer, and Jesus, and Abby stopped him, and Spencer had gotten away. And he goes on to say, it, "I mean, that was a long time ago, uh, and you know, Spencer was knew the right people and got all the charges dropped, and there he is, assistant to the governor." Um, they're not good people, but they found themselves in a place of power, and you can't. It's hard to remove something so stuck in. Well, when I was a kid, I used to think that about thorns too, and then I got a pair of fucking tweezers. So, what are we doing about this? I think Stella grins, <laughs> and it jumps to us. Kicking down the door and just beating the shit out of this. <laughs> just, just wailing just on them. Beating them. Bare fists. No, brass knuckles. They're just hugging in a closet. They're just like, I just needed some alone time <laughs> to hug. Just, uh, <laughs> like sometimes we just want to cry. It just doesn't work out if we do it where people can see us. It undercuts our menace. Let us have this. He's trying to talk him down from a panic attack. <laughs> hey, it's okay. Everything's all right. Yeah, I, I I think we're going for the door with the with the mentioning of Spencer. Like, oh, he was there back then, and that's the situation. And now he's here now. Okay, this might be something nefarious. This might be something serious. And so that change comes across Mint, and he looks at his two friends, and he gives him a head nod. Yeah, Lavinia just like nods. And that's all she does. She's ready to go. Just say the word. I think uh, Stella looks between the other folks at the table and looks at Grayson and goes, you might not want to be seed with us anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, dude. Oh, my gosh. I got chills. (laughs) Oh, man. Boom. Episode ends right there. That's why I'm cutting it. (laughs) And I'm going to cut it to some heavy rock, like the songs are in F-150 commercials. (laughs) Come on down to Dave Sutherland's. It's going to have that kind of a feel to it. We just go on this like rampage. Oh, man. 
I'm sorry, all I could think of was the old Chevy Cover. Like a rock! Yes. <laughs> like a rock! <laughs> Fuck. The scene fades to black and opens up within Kaladin St. Cloud's library. Inside we see two men, Kaladin and Rodney Marigold. Suddenly Rodney breaks the silence. It's a wonderful offer, Mr. St. Cloud, but I must refuse. Marigold Farms is going to stay in my family. But again, and he bows slightly, I thank you for the offer. Kaladin St. Cloud is silent for a moment, then takes a drink of the dark liquor that he's drinking. Mr. Marigold, please, let, let's not be rash here. It, it doesn't make any sense. I'm telling you, if you just sell me the rights to the Marigold name, I will give you a job. Your family, your son, everyone can work on the St. Cloud estate, and it, we could just make lots of money together. Why are we fighting each other? Again, I thank you for the offer. I'm not interested in selling the farm. I might work for you for a couple years, but what's, what's to say that you won't just fire me and then what happens? I'm without a job, without a house, without a farm. Again, thank you. I am not interested. Mr. Marigold, please. I have ways of making things work in my favor. I would much rather this work out amicably. Consider the offer. The next one may not be so nice. Rodney Marigold stares at him, downs his drink, sets it on the table, and just turns and walks out of the room. Kellen and St. Cloud is silent for a moment before ringing a bell, and in walks a butler, and he says, After the party, please get Donnie Red on the line. I believe Red Rocket and I can come to... A mutually beneficial agreement. <laughs>